Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Romance at a Glance, Authors at a Glance. Today, we have a very exciting author interview with L.M. Drew. Woo! I'm your host, Bridget. With me is my co-host, Shawnee. Hi, Shawnee. Hi, Bridget. Bridget. How are you, girl? I, I'm good, girl, but I'm a little sleepy. I'm not going to lie to you. I just had to take my magic wand because I was like, I got to wake up. <laughs> yes. You got to get... I took it before our interview, that we just did, which is not this interview, but a different one. And I have to say that I was firing on all cylinders. My mind was sharp. I had energy. I was like making connections in the background. And it was all due to our friends at Magic Mind. It, it is all due to because I was taking us on tangents and Bridget was bringing it back like <laughs> a goddamn pro. We always love a good tangent, Johnny. I, do. I had to chatter, oh. you guys. I was like, that is your last question that you are allowed. <laughs> we got to wrap this shit up, my friend. <laughs> She chatted me. She's like, Shami, shut the fuck up. I wrapped this shit up. <laughs> and I was like, fair, fair. Yeah. I especially love that all of the energy and stuff that comes from the magic mind is like from matcha, which I love matcha tea anyways. It's just more condensed, more potent. Uh, you know, you got those nootropics. How's your brain fog lately with your magic mind? No, I'm at, I'm having a great grand ass time with this magic mind. Let me tell you. Okay. I told you, I don't know. I still don't know what these nootropics are. <laughs> I tried, to, I tried to Google it. I tried, I was like, what is it? But really, my brain doesn't care. My body doesn't care. My body says, try to put that shit in there. Put it in yeah. there now. It's got mushrooms in there. It's, it's got, got good B stuff in B there. Vitamins. It's got turmeric, B vitamins. Honestly. It's literally got everything that they tell you to have in, in one. Not gross. I will say, I was a little worried when I saw it. It's bright green and it comes in a little bottle. And I was like, is this going to be one of those ones that you kind of have to like gag down and you're like maybe going to throw it up? But it actually is. I would not say that it's delicious, but <laughs> it tastes like it tastes like a potent matcha tea. So it's it is nice going down. It is not a hard thing to swallow. It tastes like a semi. <laughs> did you hear me, Shani? A hard did, thing to swallow. Did, did you catch it? Did you catch it? Listen. I would not necessarily call it delicious either, but I will say it to me. It tastes like if it apple cider vinegar and a uh, green matcha tea, but sweetened like uh -huh. all wrapped up together. So it like you when you start first start drinking it, it's fine, and then it has this little like eh, to it, uh -huh. and, and then yeah. it's gone. It's gone. It's a shot. It's done, and then you're like, oh my god. I feel so productive. <laughs> you know what I like is that the little square bottles all stack together really perfectly. Like they're not little circles, they're little squares. So like I find I find it so satisfying that they can all go together into like a container where I keep them. <laughs> okay, the fact that you said that means I don't know. I don't know what the same neurodivergent we are, but it's the same because when they send it in that box, it's perfect. There, it, the box is perfect. the perfect size for all these little squares, and I yes. don't like to throw the one I take because then it leaves like it back. A so I put it back in the little square. It's so smart. <laughs> it's so smart. What you're I doing is the to, smartest. I also had to start putting um, the the letter of the week on each one because I couldn't okay. remember if I had taken it or not in the morning. I'm like, did I take it? I did it. I took it. I did. Or metal sometimes will come bring me one the first thing in the morning because he he literally was like, did you take your magic wand? Did you take your magic? <laughs> And I'm That's amazing. And he, will hand, and he will go get it and hand it to me. But then I'll be like, "Wait, did I already take one, or did you take one? What day is it? Is it Monday?" So I just started putting the days of the week on them to just to make my Smart. life. It's like your magic mind pill box, you know, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday <laughs> pill box. <laughs> I actually find that I don't feel the need to 
take like a ton of vitamins. You know what I mean? Like before you're like, well, shit, I better take vitamins or something. Something needs to help. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I feel like, and sometimes like I'll either drink like black tea in the morning or I'll drink a coffee or something. And a lot, and I do because they say you should take it with your morning caffeine. So I do it together. But there's a lot of days where, especially now that I've been taking it consistently, where I don't even feel like I need it in the morning anymore. Like sometimes I'll find myself taking it at like 2 p.m. when me and you are about to hop on to record or talk to like yeah. sharpen my mind just for that session. But I'm not, I'm like almost feeling like the the benefits of it are carrying over day to day. And so I wake up in the morning and I'm not like foggy. I'm not exhausted. Even if I stay up late, um, like my body might be a little tired if I'm like working out or something, but uh, my brain is clear. Clear and I, fresh. Know, I know what you mean because I wake up feeding for caffeine. I'm like, where's my IV drip of caffeine? Thank you. Um, and there's been, there's been a bunch of days where I just took the magic mind and forgot to just drink my, my I drink yerba mate in the mornings. Um, and just forget about it until like midway through the day. And then I'm like, oh, weird. Did I have my caffeine? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. So anyway. Well, if, if you guys want to get on that magic mind life, you can go to magicmind.com forward slash romance. 20. That's romance 20. That is our code gets you 20% off at magicmind.com. And of course we get a little kickback kickback. So thank you for that. If you order through our code and uh, guys, you won't regret it. It's a good time. It is (laughs) more productive, less stressed. Go to magicmind.com forward slash romance 20. Of course, we'll have a link in the description of the app of your choice, wherever you happen to be listening to us, you will definitely find a link and on social as well. Um, I'm really excited about this interview today because LM Drew, I talked to her last uh, in the winterish, late springtime, and she had just written a new book. And I have read now four of her books. She wrote Owen, which is a shifter bear book. It was really great. I love that all of her books have fat main characters and they are just getting absolutely fucking railed by these dudes. She writes paranormal, she writes fantasy. I think it's wonderful that like the I feel like the paranormal is really working in the books she has very consistent rules which you know me and Shani love like if you establish a rule about a bear shifter the rule better make sense all the way through she does a really good job of introducing like the next characters that are going to be in the next book but having that first book sort of end with it's happily ever after and then moving on to like the friend or the brother or the sister or whatever um I just really like her books. I really liked her. This conversation was so fun. She's so candid. Um, And Elle, I just want to say apologies that it took me forever to release this. Uh, But now we are back on our shit after a long break that we took. And I'm so happy to bring everyone to your books and to you. So a lot of her books, if not all of them are on Kindle Unlimited. So if you guys want to just like crush through all her books, I highly recommend it. And here is uh, my interview with L.M. Drew. Let's get it popping, Johnny. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Confession time. So obviously my computer needs to be restarted, which was a minor problem. But also I read your newest Bear Shifter book. And then I was like, I have time. I can totally read one of the other Wolf Shifters before this interview. And then I was like reading. And then I was like, oh, it's cool. I have like half an hour. No problem. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, no, I have two minutes. So that. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
I was trying to get to the conclusion of, is it Marduk? Mar- Marduk is the second book. Yeah. Marduk. Um, okay. You know, the problem with typing everything on the computer. So I have an accent, but I kind of had it. I designed like these things and like completely didn't think about the fact that other people have to pronounce them. So I literally bounced like the name of the town off somebody. I was like, do you think Gurry is hard to pronounce? And the girl I was about, I'm from South Carolina. The girl I bounced it off of was from Savannah, Georgia. And she's like, girl, that's French. Like, nah, people got that. <laughs> and then like, I announced it and people were like, confession, like as the book was released, they're like confession time. I don't know how to pronounce this. And I was like, y'all had months, months. <laughs> and no one thought to tell me this was hard to pronounce. It is. But also, like, as a reader, uh, it doesn't really matter to me. Because, like, I saw your pronunciation, like, guide at the beginning. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's how you pronounce it. But, like, my brain just does it the way it wants it to. And I actually like that it's, like, a little bit, like, outside of, like, traditional English spellings. Because it makes it feel fantasy. It makes it feel more exciting. Well, and I was thinking it'll be something easy for me to search on Twitter to see if anybody's talking shit about me. And it is really easy to find. Like if I Google search Gareep, I can find like all like the EPUB sites where I need to like report them. With Owen and the Bear Shifter, I've just given up. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's reading it. I can't search it. I was going to call it Bear Vale. And somebody was like, girl, people are going to be like, like B-E-R-V-A-L-E. And they were like, girl, nobody's going to know that. And I was like, Bear Valley, fuck it. <laughs> I liked the the difference between because like most shifter books that I've read are all like faded mate like your wolf series where it's like you meet the person insta love other half of your soul whether or not they get together right away like they feel the pull they feel the attraction mm-hmm. um how come you decided to have the bear shifters not have like a soulmate or like a faded mate so I decided to Google, I didn't know anything about like bears and like how they mate. So I like literally Googled like, what is like bear mating routines like? And like bear, like, like breeding season. So I was trying to figure out what time period to set my book in. Cause I especially okay. d- wanted to have a breeding kink without having pregnancy. Loved it. Loved because it. Because as someone with two young kids, do you know what happens when you have pregnancy? You have kids. And that really interrupts the sexy jobs. sexiness right out of it. Right out. My husband and I, we are very much like a lock all the doors and like in and out, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like we, pr- we prep individually, like, like I'm yeah. doing things to make sure that we're good to go so that he can put the kids to bed. Like, like that is not sexy. Yeah. So, yeah. So I really wanted to make a breeding kink without pregnancy. And so I was looking it all up. And the way that bears mate, at least uh, with black bears and brown bears in Canada, which is like sort of where like the bookish set, what happens is, is that a, a male bear finds a female bear. He starts getting closer and closer to her. He will watch her patterns. He'll pee on areas where she's going to go. So she becomes used to his scent. Eventually, after a couple of weeks, she'll allow him to get close enough to her. And then he'll spend enough time with her that his male pheromones will knock her into ovulation they mate for a few days and then he leaves and then be- begins the routine again with a new female and she'll start a new re- the same routine with a new male and i was like so how do we put that into a like bear book mother nature is 
So then I went with the idea that like bears mate in order to have young because they have that, you know, bear shifters have that urge to have young. And, you know, and so Owen didn't have like a father figure. So he's got daddy issues. And and then, you know, you know, bears are used to sharing a mate with lots of other men. And so I was like, how do I make it that like he feels weird because he wants to keep this female? So I just completely went off the deep end with that. <laughs> I thought it really worked. In general, I always think it's really fun when you have like the human female and then you have like whatever creature. It doesn't matter what they are. Bear shifter, immortal, who cares? But like who doesn't understand modern women and like is just going off of a bunch of assumptions. Like I think that shit is the funniest and cutest when he's like, like you said, like he's trying to like, oh, I'll just come in for like five seconds every day. So she gets used to me and she's like, wait, 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 no, stay with me. And he's like, wait, you want me to stay with you? Oh, okay. Well, Literally what I, I was going do. for. And then his like, brain's like panicking because he's like, I don't know what to do in this scenario. Like, and he was I acting like, like a bear. He, he was going in for a few minutes. So she got used to him and then pulling out. And she's just like, where are you going? Like, he's, yeah. and he didn't want to move too fast. Like, she's like, I'm DTF. And he's like, yeah. he's like, gotta make sure she's ready for me before I go in for the kill. And so funny. So funny. I mean, I honestly, like, I am her. I mean, I'm like, yeah, okay. But I've met you for five minutes. You're looking at me. I'm looking at you. The pheromones are flowing. Like, where are we doing this? Like, let's, let's go. Let's have some fun, my friend. Like, I feel like she's oh, just a mountain man. Like, she's one of those kind of people that like operates off of vibes. And like, she was just getting good vibes from him from the start. And so she was like, you know, today, tomorrow, it's going to happen. And yeah. he, this poor man is just like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, he was in panic. He was in panic mode for like the first one third of the book. Yeah. And I liked too that like her plan is a hundred percent a plan I have had going to different places of the world, which is like, oh, I'm going to this remote village where everyone's like log cabin builders and like hot outdoorsy men. Cool. I'm just going to find one and get snowed in for the winter. Like that is a legitimate plan. And I supported her in that endeavor. And I was like, yeah, I would a hundred percent be like, well, what's he going to do if I get snowed in? Can't take me home. <laughs> like I, ha- I, ha- I always have very interesting feedback. It always ends up being fat phobic in the end. But like, literally, like I had people asking me, like, who would just do that? Who would, who would just go somewhere? And I was like, me. I've done that. I've, I, I, I one hundred percent randomly got an invitation to drive halfway across the country for a long weekend. I was only in the place that I went to for like twenty four hours. I was like. I was wild and crazy in my youth. Now, would I do that in my mid thirties? No, I think Cordelia is crazy for that. How was she going to know if there was going to be a bathroom? Like that is a question. But I could be in an outhouse. I've done it before. She was ready for a minute. It'd be cold, but yeah, hundred percent. I have like shacked up with people in other parts of the world. Like, oh, this is what we're, we're living in a hut now. I see no problem with this. Why not? Hey, <laughs> you want to keep me for a month as your uh, in-house uh, sex uh, friend? Into that as Done. well. Done. Let's well. go. Um, you mentioned fatphobic. I want to talk about that a little bit because your books are so like sex positive for people who are fat, which I think is so great because a lot of times I feel like, first of all, obviously most romance novels, the heroine is like perfectly sized and adorable and like cute little thing nipples and all those things. Free the brown nipple. Free the brown nipple. 
free the brown nipple yes absolutely but and i liked that like it was part of her story and she talked about like oh she couldn't find clothes and stuff but it wasn't like sometimes i feel like it gets overpoweringly in there you know and then there's a lot of like insecurities about their size and then those like anxieties take up a lot of the for me at least take up a lot of the book and i liked that she was like yo this is who i am and she was upset about some of the realities of it and there was definitely some funny stuff like oh my hip is cramping like that has happened to me while riding like of course uh, so i I enjoyed those things, but I really liked the balance of not having it like overpower her character. Well, so I know you mentioned that you're reading Needed in Gurry. Did you read the first book, One Night in Gurry? No, I didn't. I skipped to the second one only okay. because the second one said something about like about I don't know what it was, but reading king. It was probably that, the that's what ready. Um, so actually, my first one, I did make it her uh, her personality. I was I was very nervous about writing a fat heroine because. I knew that it would get a lot of negative responses in general to write a fat heroine. I, I knew that it would be controversial. And so when I wrote the first book, One Night Gurry, I 100% wanted to make it authentic to me. And so what I ended up doing was I did write the journey of realizing that it's not about, it's not that I hate my body. It's that I hate the way that the world treats me for my body. Mm-hmm. And the response to that was both great and not great. And that a lot of people, it is something that I've read a lot of. And I, I have a little regret. Now, I wrote I wrote my journey to self-love into that book. And after writing it, it, it was very cathartic for me to write. And I'm, I don't regret writing it. I wish that it hadn't been my first book. Because since then, I'm like, all right. like I'm like, I, I, I wrote it. I got it out. I have gotten out my anger about this. And now I'm like, let's go piss some fat phobes off. Like I'm going to be in your face. Like these girls are fat and they are fucking. And it's so freeing. I like that. They're just getting absolutely railed. Like I, because I personally like when, okay. Yeah. They can like go to downtown. They can use their hands. They're doing all kinds of delicious things, but I love that. They're like, let me grab onto your hips and let me just absolutely destroy your life because as a human being, I enjoy that. I, I'm not, I'm not plus size. I'm like, I guess what they would call midsize. I'm like a 10 or 12. And so like, but like strong and like, I have had someone grab onto my hips and just, just trying to write my life. And it is wonderful. Men that complain about fat women, you can tell that they've never been with a fat woman Mm. because, or, or they're jealous. They've never been able to pull one because they're like, what would you do with all that? And it's like, do you not, understand that we can do the same like it doesn't matter what your size is for the most part we can all do the same things the difference is that when you're done you can put our, your head on our belly and it's soft yeah. like snuggly boobs like, snuggly like all boobs, the things. man boobs yeah. but a lot of butt thighs thighs like yes yeah so i'm just all about writing it and just i feel like a lot of fat girl romances are rom-coms which is all well and good but it plays too much into the whole fat funny friend thing so like i do like you mentioned that like there's comedy like there are funny moments where like you know she's her her hip hurts like that's real but like i try to make sure that the funny moments are like just real moments that like we can identify with because i don't want it to feel like she's the fat funny friend side character she is the main character and it's not because we're making it the fat funny friend book it's that she happens to be fat. Who's the main character? Yeah. 
And and I like that. I mean, of of the two that I've read, the the things that like I personally and a lot of women that I know, like someone grabbing onto your belly, because like women's bellies that aren't perfectly toned and flat are not in the media, and they're not like something that never, you know people are you know they're like gently stroking a flat belly they're never like grabbing onto some rolls and I really like that it like in real life like my husband grabs onto my belly I've had two children also and he's like he's not like oh this is weird he's just like you know grabs onto it or like you said he lays on it and snuggles me and I, I, I think that that is such a lovely like in addition to the like and now I want to like get up in that and, and give it to you I think it's nice because you shouldn't, I mean, I wish like more or like, I guess the trend is going this way, but I'm happy that more books, more movies are going this way to show that like perfectly normal, your body is as is, as great as is, can be loved as is, you can love it as is. Um, I think that's like a really cool movement and the fact that, you know, I wish, I wish when I was reading romance novels at 15, like your books that existed. Um, well, not at 15, good God, but no, like I got you. Well, I mean, I was reading Black Dagger Brotherhood. So, I mean, I was, I was reading about people getting absolutely wrecked in the paranormal world. <laughs> I was reading Anne Rice Sleeping Beauty series. So, you know, dude, that book is so, that book is fucked up. <laughs> that book is dark. It's not even dark romance. That book is just dark. I recently, so I recently moved overseas, and so I had to pack up a lot of things. We can only bring so much, and so I was going through all my books, and I popped. I have the series. I have, I have the Pretty Art series, and uh, I, I popped it off my shelf, and I was looking at it. And I was thinking, do I need to take this with me? I was like, oh well, you know, I'm taking all my romance books with me. Like, should I take this one? And I just like randomly flipped through it, and I just read a couple pages, and I just sat there and I said. I literally read this before I lost my virginity. What the actual fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was I reading? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, it explained, like, when my husband makes fun of me all the time because, like, he'll play with me and, like, bite me on the neck. And I'm like, yeah, harder. Fucking bite me. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, look, I've been reading about vampires and shifters and mating. And I want you to bite me so hard that you almost, I don't want you to break the skin because you're not a paranormal creature and you can't heal me instantly. That's infection. But I want you to leave a fucking mark. Like, I want you to bite me, bro. Like, (laughs) explain to my husband about the breeding. My husband's been reading Owen and he used to read he I used to write fan fiction so he's read some of my fan fiction but he he in general does not like reading um he doesn't like reading fiction he likes reading non-fiction like that's just what he mm-hmm. prefers in general but so he's been reading Owen and so finally he's like I need you to explain a breeding cake to me and I was like honey do I got news for you about what we do at night like that was that was just a moment he's also he's also been known to say more than once this is a direct quote do I get rights to this and I'm like we're married so I'm pretty sure that like you do get a part of my royalties so like you really want to fight about percentages I'll give you you know how many how many lines do you think are yours how many how many lines are direct quotes honey let's talk about this Oh, I was reading Owen on the couch and my husband was cuddling next to me. And I was like, babe, do you remember when we were trying to get pregnant with our first kid, how fucking hot the sex was? Because I was like, oh, you can put a baby in here. He's like, I'm going to fuck this baby. Like how hot that shit was. Because we were actually trying to get like pregnant at the time. 
And like for the first time in my life, because I was like very paranoid about getting pregnant, my whole family is very fertile. So like I had never enjoyed that before. <laughs> and I had never really understood that you could still say all that stuff like out loud until like now as a grown adult, I do. But like before, I didn't understand that you could say all that stuff, but not actually literally mean put a baby in me, but like metaphorically put a baby in me, like <laughs> put it in my mind. Just put the baby in my mind. I was like, do you remember that? I said, I'm reading this book. You're talking about it. And I said, like, I'm getting a little saucy right now on the couch, babe. <laughs> so when you read the first book, if, if you go back to One Night Gurry, um, it specifically deals with endometriosis, which is part of, which is one of my health issues. And so I had to go through fertility treatments in order to have my kids. So it's really mm-hmm. funny how we have a breeding kink, but like, we know that we can't get pregnant from it. And that's, that's why I like specifically made sure I was like, I want breeding kink without the pregnancy because that is so much hotter, so much hotter when you're not actually going to have a baby from it. Yeah. When you're not actually going to spend 10 months pregnant, growing a human being and then raise them forever. How old are your kids? Two and six. And they are both three and five. They are both at the current moment where mommy and daddy's bed is just so much better and every mm. night, without fail, they both come and get into the bed at some point in time. Every single night. You know what we did? We got a clock where it has a little moon on it. So if the moon is up, they cannot leave their room. And when the sun comes up on the clock, they'll come in my room and say, Mommy, the sun is up on my clock. It's time to wake up. And I can set the time of like when they do it. Um Cause there's times in the middle of the night where they'll wake up and they'll like cry and I'll come in and I'll be like, Oh, but the moon's up. And they're like, Oh, and they'll go back to it. Or they'll come in my room and I'll say, I'm sorry, go check your clock. If there's a moon, you need to get back in your bed. My six year old gives no, no shits about it. My two year old will respect. We've got a little unicorn one. My two year old will respect it. But if she knows that her sister is in our bed, she's Um, like, you're not keeping me out of there. So and more than once, he and I have gotten up and gone and slept on the couch in the living room because it's just like there are kids in our bed. Again, get out of it. I know. This it's is like, why I say breeding kink without pregnancy. So how? So you said you moved overseas. So how is the writing? Because you were writing before. You've been writing fan fiction. You said for a long time, but you've been publishing. You were publishing before you moved abroad. Yes. Um, it doesn't really change anything for me, other than I had to fight with Amazon more than once. They tried to insist that I was not a U.S. citizen anymore, and I've had to explain to them on a phone call at three o'clock in the morning because I am overseas and I can only call them during business hours. Um, Otherwise, it really doesn't change much. Arguably speaking, I get less notifications during my daytime because America is asleep. So I can get a lot of writing done without interruption. That's a great point. And then you wake up in the morning and all of you can like blast through all your notifications and then a lot, have nothing basically for the day. That's it. It's really hard to work with like, like cover designers and artists because they'll be working on a project and it will be their business hours, but it's the middle of the night for me. So like, it's a lot of emails back and forth. Whereas like in the past, I would just be like on like social media with them. Like, Oh yeah, that works. You're like, Oh, can you change this one little thing? Now that one little thing takes a full 24 hours to change. And that's very exhausting, but it, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, I found a few artists who work really late in the night on the West coast and that's early morning for me. So I can like still work with a few people like live, but how do you like it? I've, I haven't visited Japan. I've been lots of places, but I've always wanted to go 
because I love to eat and they have good food. They have really good food. Yeah. Everything about the food is all about uh, having fresh food here. Everything is about everything being exceptionally fresh. So like, for example, like food safety is very important to them as well. So like you'll walk into like a place and there will be food just sitting there and you would think to yourself, that's not food safe. It's just sitting on the counter with a cover on it. It's cooked food that needs to be heated, but it will be out there. Like they will bring it directly from the back let it sit there. And then like the second that it's too old, it's gone, but the food is so good. And they're so good at putting out like only how much you need. I rarely see them taking anything to the back. They put things out and people are grabbing them and going like, I'm in there in the grocery store. Like they brought out food, like grab and go. So, but the food here is amazing. It's much cheaper than in the States. We will spend more money getting fast food on base for our family of four than just for me and my husband to go out to eat like at a nice restaurant every day when my my friend was in the peace corps and we used to she used to be like bring peanut butter with you so people would be like going to visit her with like jars of peanut butter and bag peanut butter is hard to get peanut butter and apples are like the two most expensive hard things to get here i'm paying seven eight dollars for a bag of five apples it kills me i I actually just bought green apples because I'm making the um, apple cinnamon caramel that I put to make the drinks from Mardot's book. Literally, it, it was like seven or eight dollars to buy five green apples. And I was like, crap. This is I don't drink coffee, but I would like to drink an apple pie drink with no coffee in it. That like sounds great. You could do it with like uh, like apple cider apple cider but like add more things to it you know so but it's literally uh, just like an apple it's like an apple sugar it's like an apple simple an apple cinnamon simple syrup that goes in Mm -hmm. and then you just add in um that to your milk so it's nothing fancy i I guess it is fancy but So when you when you started self-publishing, like you were coming from fan fiction and writing fan fiction for a long time, what made you decide like, oh, I'm gonna actually publish a book? So I had started writing fan fiction when I was in uh, middle school. I, I used to think that I started my beginning with Harry Potter, but I realized recently that I didn't start with Harry Potter. I, I thought that like my start was um, 2001 when Goblet of Fire came out and Draco and Hermione didn't dance at the Yule Ball. That very much upset and distressed my little enemy Silver's heart. But then I realized that I had actually started writing in uh, early 2000 because I was reading Eye of the World and the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. And I found the Dragon Mount mm-hmm. Forum and I wanted to role play as an Aes Sedai. Um, but I had, I had wanted to publish for years. When I was in college, I took some um, creative writing classes and I had always talked about doing it, but I got married at 21 and I was just busy living life and fan fiction was my getaway for years. I wrote in a number of different forums. I wrote in different fandoms. I wrote on different websites and it was easy because the reader walking into fan fiction already knows number one about the background of the world. They know about the characters. They already have love for the characters. So you don't have to tell the reader in fan fiction why you should love this character or why you should want these characters to be together. They already have that. So it's very easy to just step in and get right into the action. I could sit down and write a 5,000 word one shot where, you know, I didn't have to explain the backstory. I could just write, you know, that, that really good smut scene. Yeah. And I had talked about this for years. But 2021 was the year of everything falling apart for me. 
My husband deployed, my house flooded, literally, literally flooded. I had to move homes. Um, my ch- both my children got really sick with COVID. Um, I had mastitis. I had a double root canal. A double root canal. It was the year of everything going bad, and that was like the first six months. Jesus. And finally, I was like, and I, I was so deep into writing fan fiction at that point in time that I just finally looked around and realized that I had written one hundred fifty thousand words in one month, and I was like, that's literally two books. And then financial situations got in the way and we were just having like financial downfall. And I was just like, why am I spending all of my time writing fan fiction works when I could be getting paid for my published works? And I was on TikTok and BookTok was really on the rise. It was getting its high point. Um, I was following a few indie authors who were getting their start and who were doing well. And I just said, screw it. If I'm ever going to do this, now is the time. I made an account. I wrote a book. I wrote, I wrote my story because I wanted it to be something authentic. And I wanted to give people a reason to root for the characters. So I wanted to write my story. I wanted people to root for me because that's how I was selling myself on TikTok. I was a girl with $500 in the bank to publish a book. And I did. And I went viral. And I wrote more books. And now here we are. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I mean, it's amazing considering like, I mean, I know, I think the benefit obviously is that you've had like years and years of writing every day. So like you already were writing. So like that obviously and like creating, like you said, fan fiction is different. Obviously you could just drop them right and be like, it's the Yule ball and they are now dancing together. Go like what happens? Literally. Um, When I already contextually know like the whole background, et cetera. Uh, Obviously that's great. But I mean, it's still amazing how, Cause like we found you on TikTok, and I was just like scrolling through TikTok one day. And then I was like, Oh, that sounds like an awesome like premise for a book. And I was like, Oh, like we'll check it out and you know, see what people are saying. And like for such a, for such a new author, cause is this your, did you just publish your fifth book? Uh, it was my fourth one. Uh, I was supposed to have my fourth book out in the shifters of Gary series was supposed to come out in June. I uh, had posted my pre-order for it. And a week later, I found out that we were moving to Japan. So I kind of put it on pause. The fourth book in the series really is giving a lot of background to Gary, like all the questions that people have been asking. Um, just the, the person whose story it is, uh, her name is Violet. She's a witch who grew up in Gary and she's returning to Gary. And so it's just a lot of like layers of like things that like cookie crumbs that I've been weaving in throughout. And I did not have the spoons to write it while moving, mm-hmm. but I'm a creative mind. And like I said, I've been writing for years. I literally had not had a day where I did not write words in over four years, except for the day I gave birth to my daughter. Like I wrote every single day. So I couldn't just be moving and not writing. So I wrote a bear book that had no thoughts, just vibes. But um, so yeah, so Owen is my fourth book and I have my fifth one coming out in about a month. One thing I think is cool is because of TikTok and how big book talk got during the pandemic, it really is giving indie authors a spot where like if one of your posts goes viral, like you might get 
5,000 book downloads that night, like, or more, like you might have like insane page number reads, like more than you've ever had in the history of your thing. Cause I'm sure you see that where like all of a sudden a post will go viral and you'll wake up the next morning and look at your page reads and be like, dang. So I just recently had a video do really well um, that I posted, I think Sunday and it's now at 27,000 views. And I watched the spike happen on my royalties watched it go up which was good because numbers were starting to go down and i've commissioned a lot of art that was very it's very nerve-wracking for me to so you know i mentioned that we had some financial woes we had a house that we owned on the other side of the country that we couldn't live in that needed repairs and we couldn't get it sold so we were on like the verge of bankruptcy but couldn't afford a bankruptcy lawyer so like obviously my family is a much better financial standing now but i was also supposed to return to work this fall ignoring the fact that i was moving this is before we found out they were moving so like i'm now paying myself an income every month like like i pay myself every month now Uh, so it's very nerve-wracking when i also then tell other people i will pay you to do something for me so every time something booms i'm like okay we're all getting paid this month we're all gonna be eating (laughs) like we're doing good so but you can literally watch on TikTok how things go up and down. I've, I've watched friends who will post a video and they'll literally say to me, this was the dumbest idea. And I'm like, I'll favorite it and like it and comment on it. And then a few hours later, I see 10 other people talking about her book and I go and look and that video is at 50K views. And I'm like, you OK? And she's like, sorry, I died looking at my royalties page. Like it happens all the time. It it used to be that with Instagram, you had to have connections like like with Instagram and the way that the algorithm works. And the, the same with Facebook is you got to kind of know somebody to know somebody and you've got to have other people talking about it. And with Twitter, I don't understand book Twitter at all. I'm who knows Facebook. You've got you've got to be in groups and hope that like your post goes big in a group. But like you're not allowed to self advertise in a lot of bookish groups. And But TikTok, TikTok, it takes one video with the right sound and the right quote and that view you go from having a hundred average views to a couple thousand and then it, it, it only takes one view i i released my first book i was so excited about it i had almost made back a good chunk of the money that i spent and i hadn't I told you i had 500 dollars. i hadn't spent much and i made one stupid ass tiktok that was blurry sitting on my couch it, it was like uh, something about fat girls getting railed and people saying that that's unrealistic, ignoring the part that it was getting railed by a wolf shifter. And that video hit 130,000 views. And my book went from making maybe $6 a day to making over $500 in one day. All from one TikTok. And that's the crazy thing about TikTok is you don't have to be somebody to get somewhere. I think it's awesome. I also think the funniest thing is that, like you said, your friend was like, oh, this is the dumbest idea. I feel like... I have heard that from so many people. I'm just going to post this. It's so silly. And then that's the one that will hit. So it just proves to you, like, you don't know what will work. You just have to keep producing and doing stuff. TikTok makes no sense. I, I spend an entire day of the week making all my content for the week. and But it will be the most unhinged video. I had a video right before, right before Owen came out. I made one and it was like a long rant. And I was like, I've tried to introduce myself a few hundred times, but I write about fat girls fucking. These are my books where fat girls fuck. They start off fat and they end fat. And that video hit like 250,000 views. And it made my release for Owen get flags. And I was just like, I had spent like four hours trying to make that video. 
finally gave up and said, whatever comes out of this one is the one that I'm going to post. Went to bed. It's the ones that you don't expect to blow up that blow up. At least, at least for me, at least on book talk, as far as I'm aware. That's true. What is it like, like that feeling of, you know, seeing your book, like climbing the paranormal mm. or, you know, ranks on Amazon and you're like, oh my God, I'm number 20. Oh my God, I'm number 10. Like I generally try to avoid looking. I, I used to obsessively look, um, particularly when my first book got number one in the category and it peaked as high as like number, like it, it was in the top 100 for the Amazon store. And I was like, what? And then I had another peak right before the release of my second book. And then another peak in March. And it was during that peak. And that's when I had a video that hit 500,000 views. I've never made a million. My highest is 500,000 views. Um, I, I watched it with that one. And my first and second book both hit number one in various categories. And I finally just said, I have to stop looking. I can't look anymore. So I will look for a new release and then I'll check every couple days or when I have a video go viral, I'll go and check, which was very interesting because my numbers have been going down for this month. And then I had a video that did well the other day and I went and checked and I was like, Oh, that saved the month. Good. We've already promised to pay people money. This, this is good. That was a little worrisome. So like when you were deciding to go indie, were you already a Kindle unlimited reader and that's why you decided to go that way? Um, so, uh, money issues aside, Kindle unlimited for me, I mean, it's, it's $10 a month to read all these books. And as someone who has access to AO3 archive of our own for fan fiction, like I'm used to getting it for free. So, uh, a Kindle unlimited subscription was just the bee's knees. You know, it's $10 a month. I think, I think when I initially got it, it was like $80 for the year though. Like, like I bought like one of the like annual subscriptions where like you pay once my husband like got it for me for like a Christmas present or something. And then kept doing that every year. And like, so for me to have that, it was an accessibility thing for you know financial reasons and so it was really important to me that I keep that as an accessibility feature now I do have people ask me like oh it's not in Nook oh it's not in Apple Books like I wish it was and like yeah that kind of sucks but like it's not available elsewhere to people but Kindle Unlimited was how I was able to read for a very long time now I'm at a financial point where I'm buying I- I'm reading their book in Kindle Unlimited then I'm buying the ebook. Then I'm buying a signed book from them. Like I'm at that point where I'm able to do that now. But for a long time, the only way that I could read books was through KU. So I knew that when I went my route, that being in KU was very important to me. I think, I think, I think the, I mean, I read Kindle Unlimited also because my husband uh, one Christmas said I needed to buy myself a Kindle uh, because I brought like 10 hardcovers on vacation for a week. And he's like, enough is enough. This is stupid. We're not bringing another suitcase for your books next time. Like just get yourself a Kindle. And so then I also like, when you get a Kindle, you get like a, like a membership for six months included or something like that. And I remember just like being like, well, all these books are on here. I could just read them whenever I want to. It's like the library. And then my library, I could borrow books onto my Kindle. And I, I feel like people who read on KU are like voracious. 
Oh my gosh. Like, yes. Cannot be stopped. Like as, as I am evidenced, like I was reading your book and then I was like, I have two hours. I could read the next one. What else am I going to do for two hours right now? Well, like you can read on your phone or on your Kindle. I, my husband got me a Kindle for my publishing present, like, because he was just so excited for me. And so he got me a Kindle and I had only ever had KU on my phone. So like that was ugh. huge. So, so much nicer. But with the moving and the traveling, and we go places, or like he'll have to go. um, uh, When we lived in California, we would sometimes have to go to another base. Well, he would have to go to another base for a couple of days. And particularly before my kids were in school, we'd just pack a bag and go with them. What am I going to do? Take take books with me? And so finally, I explained to him, like, honey, if I bought the paperback in the store, that's going to be fourteen ninety nine per book, or we could pay ten dollars for the month. And I get all the books and he's like, all the books. And I'm like, well, like most of the books, <laughs> you know, the math made sense. The space saving. Yeah. Plus the library you can borrow. So it's like, you really do get you basically get so all the books you could want to read. I found with children too, like when they're so young and you're like breastfeeding or pumping or bottle feeding, like holding a paperback or holding a hardcover oh, while hard. having a baby was like so hard. Like you're trying not to wake them, but you're trying to turn a page and like not jostle them. And the Kindle, it's like you could do it in the dark on like the real low setting in the middle of the night. I have a paper white too. Like, so like it, it is so good. Or like we go to the beach, we go to the beach and I can have, I can see the screen. I love it. So yeah, I love KU so much. I don't regret being in it. I know it is a little scary knowing that if Amazon decides one day to kick me out of the program, that it's going to be terrifying because they do have that right and that ability to say, no, we think you're doing something against our terms of services and, you know, they can kick you out. But it's it's scary, but I, I don't regret it. I'll worry about that power if I ever get there. Yeah, I mean, that is scary for sure. Um, but I do think like your accessibility point. And also I feel like the TikTok to KU pipeline is much stronger. It's right there. Um, and, and like, it's so funny because we have an Instagram, which is where we started, mm-hmm. um, in 2019. And, um, but like people don't buy books as much, like they'll see the pretty covers and be like, Oh, I want to see that. I'll put it on my TBR or whatever. But I feel like on TikTok, people are just like, like I, I myself do it too. I'm like, Ooh, that sounds good. And then just like go onto my Kindle and just like do, 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 do. And I think it's cause we're on our phones and we've got like the Amazon app. I, Instagram. I feel, no hate to anyone on any platform. Instagram is where people have a pretty bookshelf and a TBR a mile long where they're just constantly adding to their TBR. Facebook is where people are looking for one book. They're looking for one particular book. That's going to fit that one weird niche. And if they like, like that other thing might be really cool and they'll make a mental note of it, but they're looking for one particular thing. Whereas TikTok is like, tell me what I'm reading today. Scroll, scroll, scroll. You've got 16 books already downloaded, you know, under your Kindle, you know, you, mm-hmm. you've got like things added to your wish list on your Kindle and you know, TikTok is where you go to just be told at random what you're going to read that day. Yeah, I like the, I especially like when the, like the quote comes on and you're like, ooh, mm-hmm, yep, ooh, that's, yeah. that's, that's my shit, right? That's, 
That's the quote of the day for me. And in particular, you know, you mentioned the whole KU pipeline. If if a book isn't in Kindle Unlimited, I feel like you need to put a note on tic, like a TikTok video, like FYI, it's not in KU because people just assume it will be. Whereas like if I post on Facebook, people will be like, oh, it's also in KU. That's cool. Because they don't expect it to be in KU. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're on TikTok with a book and you're not in KU, you're, you're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Unless it's like, especially if you're in romance, because I feel like if you're in like young adult, you're probably going to assume that those books are not in KU. Yeah. But if you're in romance, like I kind of assume that most of the the romance novels I see, unless I know for sure it's like Berkeley or Avon or another big publisher, um, then, then I'm assuming that it's KU. Any indie indie author, I'm I'm generally assuming is KU, unless I already know that author doesn't do KU for some reason. You know, a few people are starting to make their way going wide, and I get that, but they, I feel like for the most part, they're all already household names. Hmm. Like you already know who they are, so like they can go. Like they have a lot of readers who would already be buying their books. And because they mm-hmm. have the accessibility of then like other places like Nook, which allows your ebook to be sold elsewhere, but also be in their like whatever like the Barnes and Noble program is for like their subscribers, they can pull in other readers. Yeah, and I think like obviously those things like when you have a bigger back catalog, I feel like you have a little bit more flexibility. I've seen some authors who've done like one series is not in KU, but the rest of their catalog is or something like that, which I think is kind of intriguing because like as a KU reader, I would want to read their whole backlist and they'd be like, oh, I can't pay for those. But then as like a wide reader, you might not have KU. So it's like kind of a... Well, and I've thought about it. I've got some fantasy fantasy romance uh, books in the work. Still, still erotic romances, but with a much heavier fantasy background when I say that the books will be bigger, I mean, the books will be bigger because there's more fantasy in it. Not that we're cutting down on the amount of erotica. It's just that there's going to just, the the word count of the erotica stays the same. We're just adding on words so then we can add on more fantasy sort of thing, you know? More world building. More world building. Um, And I've gone back and forth about whether or not, do I want to put this in KU? Do I not? Do I want to go wide with it? Because it will be much larger books. And finally, I just said, well, if the word count is that much higher, the page flips will be much more, but I wouldn't necessarily raise the price of the book itself. I might go five ninety nine. I mean, we're, we're talking 500 page, page books here, whereas my current ones are 300 pages. And finally, I just said, yeah, you know what? I will keep it in KU just because the sheer number of page flips will even out. And again, the accessibility thing is just so, I know so many people that read KU just because they can't really be paying you know particularly if you're a fast reader or like you read at work like there's a lot of people who read like at work who are reading 15 books a month you can't be paying 5.99 for all those books or 15 dollars for all the paperbacks Uh uh-uh so hey you yeah i mean like my my book habit is 100 percent supported by uh the library first and foremost love public libraries big supporter KU and then 
obviously now we're reviewers and so we get sent books uh because people want us to review them and talk about them on podcasts which is awesome i was like i mean book mail is the best mail obviously so i'm thinking <laughs> about being an author is that so i have lots of author friends so I, i've got a few people who i'm like i'm like i don't expect you to read it anytime soon but you know if you want to read it you'd expect interest can i send you your send you an ebook you know these are authors who like i already was reading so i'll send them the ebook you know, on the off chance that they'll read it, you know, with zero expectations, but then I get their books back. Now, I know and they know that I will be ordering a signed copy, but we're not going to talk about that because that makes it awkward that I'm also a fangirl. But I get lots of ebooks. I get ebooks before they're released. That's the hot one. That's the crazy one. So I'm like, I'm like, this is like one of those weird side perks being an author. You get access to books, you get early access to books so i know what's going to happen before readers do or like you get like an unhinged voice note from somebody who's like i'm gonna spoil you for the next book i need to know what to do and i'm just like i i will hear all of your thoughts please (laughs) tell me tell me how you're feeling I, i will do i will make this sacrifice for you and i'm just sitting there like taking notes like oh, this is going to be such a good book. So random fun thing about being an author, making author friends and getting books. That's awesome. Yeah. My, my favorite one was I had just finished book one and I went on to NetGalley to see like if book two was going to be released and it was already on NetGalley. Oh. And so I got to read book two, like immediate, you know, instead of waiting five yes. months, I got to read it that day. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> I should be on just do this for the rest of my life so that I can just get all these books and talk to all these authors. Um, If you were going to tell someone like maybe someone who's already writing like you, someone who's already in fan fiction, someone who's already, you know, just like has creative thoughts, has ideas for stories. Like what would you say to them about like, just kind of like doing it, writing your book, publishing it, getting it out there. My biggest advice is that like, if you want to write a book, just do it. Like there's going to be no, but there's, there is never going to be a good day to write your book. There's never going to be that perfect moment. If you're waiting for the right time to come, it's never going to come. And just because you write the book doesn't mean you necessarily have to release it at that moment. Like if life is busy and chaotic and you want to spend more time on it, you can do that. But like, if you've got the ideas, if you've got the thoughts, don't wait until you have the money to be able to afford paying for a cover designer. Don't wait until life settles down. Start making notes because otherwise it's going to be 20 years of writing fan fiction like me and no published works to show for it. It, it, it blows my mind that I've been out here working a corporate girly job, making half of what I do now, writing books that I love, staying home. Not putting on pants or a bra. That's amazing. That's, that's the dream. That's the dream. I get to, I get paid to stay home, not put on pants or a bra, drink all the coffee I want all day. Think erotic thoughts, write erotic thoughts. Like, like it's amazing. So like 100%, if you want to write a book, just do it. Life's not going to get any slower or any less busy ever. Just do it. If you had to give any advice for how to find your own IRL HEA, what would your advice be? I mean, obviously from my books, it's get lost on a drive somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I think that just like everything else in social media and life, it's always going to happen when you never expect it. So if you go around expecting things to happen, it's not going to. 
Like if you go around searching for things, it's going to pop out of nowhere. Me and my husband, we met because our best friends were drunk and making out and we were the two DDs staring at each other like shit. We have to pull these two apart. And now we've been married over a decade with two kids. I, I, I was not wearing cute underwear that night. I was not even wearing cute jeans. I'm pretty sure I was wearing a ratty t-shirt. I was not looking cute that night. I was the DD and now I'm married. We don't even have a cute meet cute, you know, like, so yeah, if you want, if you want something good, you know, go and live your own life too. That's why I only write about girlies in their thirties finding romance. Like all, all my heroines are in their thirties. I screwed up the hero for uh, my third book. I'm bad at math. I'm really bad at math. He's 29. I meant for everyone to be in their thirties. He's 29 though. I, I screwed up the math, but um, it's close enough. You know, you know, it is really close, but you know, because you just got to go out and live life and it's going to happen if it's going to happen. Don't stress about it. So yeah, so, so take life by the balls when it comes to writing your own books, but let it happen when it comes to romance. That's good. That's a good quote. I like that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Dear listeners, until next time, may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend. Bye for now, kids. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.